Hello and welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I am your host, Sean Zock, alongside Jeff Ritter here in Scotland at the British Open, which has now come to a close. Henrik Stenson is your champion golfer of the year, and what a way he did it. 20 under is his number for the week. That's not even half of the story. Henrik Stenson took his first 54-hole lead at a major, took body blows from Phil Mickelson, and took off with the Claret Jug. He made 10 birdies in his Sunday round. Jeff, is there any other word to use besides amazing? Uh, well, you could use other words that are synonyms for amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was spectacular. It was incredible. It was historic. It was epic. It was all those things. This was one of the... We've been we've been kicking it around since since that last putt dropped and in the aftermath on the walk back here to our Scottish rental home. Where does this rank? What does it all mean? You, you know, you see something this this impressive, this this amazing, and you try to the first thing you want to do is put it in historic historical context. But there's a lot of numbers, you know. There's a lot of numbers that have been reset and records that have been rewritten off of this final round from Henrik Stenson. I mean, every, everything you said in the intro, the fact that going into this round, he was no sure thing. I mean, he had never played in a final group uh, in a major championship. He'd never won a major championship. So yes, he had the Ryder Cup pedigree as a match play, uh, you, you know, a very good match play uh, competitor, but he was the unknown. I, I sort of felt like going in, Mickelson would play loose and play well, and he did, but... Stenson, so many records went down today that this final round really does stand as as one for the ages. Yeah, it was a memorable one all day long. I know you got out there a little bit and were able to follow these guys. Stenson, on the first hole of the day, three putts for bogey, and everyone who had talked about him and his kind of not-so-yippy not ways, but his nerves and how that has got to him in the past, it looked like that was going to be coming to fruition yet again. But then he goes, birdie, birdie, birdie. Two, three, yeah. and four. That that I think really settled him down. Obviously tied him with Phil through four holes. It it was back and forth right from the get go. Yeah, that that opening bogey, as you said, that was, that was sort of your first uh oh moment for Stenson. Uh, yeah. Here come the nerves. Here comes you know, putting has always been his weak spot. Uh, he's long established himself as one of the best ball strikers on tour. That certainly carried him at times, but really just the putts that he made today. Um, they were as good as it gets. And for someone who's typically not a great putter on tour to, to summon it when he needed to was, was extremely, extremely impressive. It's cool to see, uh, you gotta be happy for him, not just to win his first major, but to do it in this way, to do it so emphatically. But, uh, but you're right. You know, there, there was, there was that uncertain moment at the beginning. And even despite, um, all the, all the great play that Stenson made, Phil didn't back down either. No, Phil didn't make a bogey. We had an absolute duel on our hands here at Royal Troon. It was a lot of fun to get out there, and even if you weren't following this group, they played so well enough. Stenson with 10 birdies, Phil with four birdies, and an eagle. They played so well that you knew how they were doing based on the roars that were going on at Royal Troon, and they were pretty much the only match to watch. You know, There's 79 other golfers to pay attention to in some aspect, but those are the only two that really mattered today. Yeah, the whole golf course tilted towards them. It really uh, it did. Was, uh, the, if there was an undercard, it was Andrew Beef Johnston playing the group in front, kind of whipping the crowd into a frenzy. He's become a golf folk hero this week. Yeah. Um, but but really, everything everything centered on these two guys. It was clear 
within just a few holes that no one was going to catch them, that, that they were just going to take it even lower. Um, when Johnston made an early run to get to seven or eight under, by that point, Stenson and Mickelson were 15 under. So there was no, there was no suspense as far as anybody else coming back. But in, in a way, that made this duel even more special. Yeah, you know, that, it really that, highlighted cool. it away from all the other players. Yeah, that you just had two players to look at really for an entire 36 holes. It's just so That's rare true. in any golf tournament, let alone a major. Um, I mean, the gap from Mickelson at 17 under par in second place J.B. Holmes is in third place, 11 shots back. It's unbelievable. These two guys were just so far above and beyond the rest of the field, and it's such a rare thing. And I know we'll get to it later, but you know the duel and the sun comparisons mm-hmm. are, are apt in this case because there just was nowhere else really to focus your attention today. It was all on these two guys in the last group. This is one of those majors that we'll remember for a long time, obviously for many reasons. But as far as J.B. Holmes' career, it's going to be funny because I'm sure in four or five years we'll look back and be like, you know what, he, uh, you know, he finished solo third at the British Open in 2016 at Royal Troon. And you'll be like, oh, he did. He did finish third. <laughs> oh, that's a tri- right. A trivia question. He, yeah. was, he was 14 and 11 shots back of the two guys that actually dueled for it. You know, when Martin Keimer ran away with the 2014 U.S. Open, it's hard to remember that Eric Compton and Ricky Fowler tied for second. They lost by seven shots. I did not remember that. So you're <laughs> right. That's a, that would have been a good trivia question in its own right. So JB Holmes will remember though. Yeah. I think. But, uh, he no, will. I, th- I think, I think really out of, if you're going to find a story out of the top two, I think Andrew Johnston was it myself, but certainly this is one of those very rare majors, very rare golf tournaments where it all, it all just hinges on the final group. All right, so let's let's talk about when you were following players out there today because I got out there and I was walking with Rory a little bit. Uh, I didn't really pay that much attention to Phil and Stenson. At what point on the back nine did you think that, okay, it's over, it's, it's, it's said and done now? Uh, I caught their group on as they were putting on 11. I caught Phil and, and Stenson on 11, and Stenson three-putted. I'd been, I'd been following Johnston. For yeah. the for, for the opening nine, um, and I I kind of just drifted drifted back to catch the final group then on the back nine, and I saw Stenson three putt. First thing I saw him do the whole the whole round in person was three putt, and I thought, oh here you know here we go, it's the putting again for yeah. Henrik in the end. And on twelve, Mickelson he struggled with that tee shot on twelve all week. He he kind of fanned another one left uh, into the fescue, punched it out. Uh, he was short and right of the green on this knobby little hill, blind shot to the green, and Stenson's on putting for birdie. And Phil hits a, a pretty good pitch to probably 30 feet, but it's still, you're looking at it thinking, okay, Stenson's going to get it back right here. He's going to have the lead back. And Mickelson buries this 30-footer th- this and saves the par. And they're still tied, but I thought coming off 12, you know, that was a fist pump putt for Phil. Yeah. And Stenson had just had three putted one hole before and had watched Phil bury that in front of him. I thought in that moment, I didn't, I didn't think it was over, but I thought it's advantage Phil. You know, I, I, I thought it was going to head that direction. And, and obviously uh, I was wrong. Stenson rebounded with even bigger shots of his own. Yeah, it was so impressive. Stenson is not the kind of guy that you think of as like the bounce back player in the same way that Jordan Spieth can be. He makes a bogey, comes back with birdies, but that's exactly what he did. He did make two bogeys, and they were both three putts, as you said. Uh, The first one coming on the first hole, and then the second one coming on the 11th hole. For him, 
he won this, I think, on 14, 15, and 16. That's where he really extended his lead and made it comfortable. Those, that's a gauntlet. The entire back nine is a gauntlet of holes, very difficult holes. It played many of them over par this whole week. And he goes birdie, birdie, birdie through 14, 15, which is incredibly long, and then the par five on 16 when Phil had reached the green in two. I just thought that that, that is really where he extended. He had played so great, but that's where he extended his dominance, and that made 18 so much easier for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, putt on, the putt on 15 – um, I had Let's good, talk about that. Yeah, I had a good, I had a good view of that. You never know when you're, when you're following these groups, whether to walk up the left side of a hole, right side of the hole, which one, which way you'll get lucky and maybe see better action. I picked the right side to see Henrik Stenson make that putt. I was, I was right behind him. Uh, well, I was, I was an appropriate distance behind him, but, <laughs> but on the same line, yes. I, could, I could look down as you could his line it. for the most part and see that putt. It looked pretty straight, but you know you would assume a fifty footer is going to break one way or the other. It just kept going. And when he hit the putt, he, he he started walking after it so quickly, in a way that we all do, and we know we've missed it. And pros do, you know, they're just frustrated. They made a bad stroke. I thought when he hit the putt, it was going to fall off one direction or another, but it just kept following this straight line, almost like it was running along a string, for fifty feet at the perfect speed. And when that putt dropped, he was he was almost all the way to the hole. That's wild. And it just he just let out this huge fist pump, and and yell. And I I thought he was surprised it went in. I I would love to hear his reaction. We've been we've been kind of running around in the aftermath of this, and I haven't heard his press conference. I don't I don't know if he's if he actually answered that question or not. But I thought in the moment that he was surprised he made that putt. Yeah. I, well, I think he was surprised he made the final putt too. It's very yeah. plausible that he didn't expect either of those putts to go in because he was chasing them both a little bit. Yours, obviously, chasing it much longer. If he's halfway to the hole, I don't think he's ever really – you know how players, they just sit there and watch, and they watch right. it go in, and they enjoy the elegance of their shot in the same way Steph Curry backs up and holds his follow-through. I can only think of Tiger Woods in the the Bob May match, when the he's PGA Championship, really chasing it. where he chased it and he knew. You know, he was chasing after it because he knew he was going to pick it out of the hole, and you could tell by the way he reacted. To me, Stenson didn't didn't react that way. I, I think Stenson really did. Th- he thought he missed it. I thought he missed it, but it just never broke away. And that was really the first of of the decisive shots that that really turned this thing. Sixteen was enormous too, and you had both Phil and Stenson. Um, they're in the fairway. They're looking at that par five, sizing it up. Phil, Phil hit uh, iron off the tee, so he's laid back a bit, and he goes for the green and makes it. You know, the crowd explodes up. You can't really tell from where Phil was, but the way the crowd reacted, he knew, and Stenson knew. And for Stenson to pull the three wood and go for it himself, you know, that, that was gutsy. Uh, he didn't quite make it there, but he made a great up and down to save the birdie. And he was really on his way after that. So, uh, you know, you got to you got to tip your hat. Yeah. He, he, give him he credit made all the you. shots under pressure. Phil put as much pressure on him as he could. If Phil had dropped that eagle putt, you wonder if what that might have done that, you know, to ratchet up the pressure even further. But um, you, you but really can't happen. take much away from no. the way Phil played. I mean, what can you say? That's what I'm thinking is like we would be if, you know, as much as we can talk about Henrik, Henrik Stenson. This was Phil's tournament until Stenson took it from him, and I don't really think he took it from him yesterday in taking the lead. I think he really took it from him today. Yeah. Uh, Phil's Open performance would have won all but four British Opens in the 145 
editions that we've had of this incredible tournament. If only Phil had faced Willie Park today. Anybody but Henrik Stenson, (laughs) honestly. Uh, 150-plus year history of the event. Only four other players or four other iterations have been lower than, than his score this week. Is it a letdown at all in your eyes that one of the legends of the game wound up short again? Not... I mean, everybody loves Phil. He's a fan favorite. He's hugely popular here in Scotland. Uh, he's, of course, one of the you know most popular figures in golf in the U.S. It would have been great to see him win, but this doesn't really change his legacy at all. No. You know, he already had the Claire Jug. Um, for him, the next legacy-changing win would be a U.S. Open. As we all know, that would complete his career Grand Slam. So in a lot of ways, Phil this week was sort of playing with house money. As far as far as you know, his place in the game is concerned. Of course, it'd be fun to see him win, but it's fun to see Henrik Stenson win too, and especially the way that he did. I, I just I love that, um, and I really enjoyed that it was Phil with Stenson. You know mm-hmm. that that the yeah. two these are two guys, two forty somethings um, that have accomplished so much in golf. Yeah, it it added guys. a lot of added it added weight to the to the event. You really felt like you had seen two guys, two great. Great players play their absolute best yes. head-to-head at each other, yes. and uh, that really did make it special. Well, their age is one thing I think I can at least appreciate. Being a guy that doesn't doesn't love the, the storylines and narratives that we plop on top of the PGA Tour in what I mean when I say that, big three, big four, Jordan sure. Spieth, Golden Child, Jason yeah. Day, number one player in the world, all these guys, and if you throw Dustin Johnson in, he's 32. Everyone, every one of those guys is 32 or younger. As young as 22, Jordan Spieth, but Rory is 27. Jason Day is 27. These guys. Do you uh, know their birthdays too? No, I just know just their ages. That's pretty pretty good. uh, Yeah, well, you write it enough times, it it, it becomes (laughs) seared in your memory. But anyways, these guys are all the young, the young guns, and I always love seeing older guys contend with them and not always win. But these guys. They took it to the they took it to the big four. You know, Rory McIlroy jumped up the leaderboard a little bit, but he is still 16 strokes behind Henrik Stenson, and he was the best out of the big four. They took it to everybody. I mean, they were just from Thursday on. These two guys were at a different level. Uh, Mickelson shooting that 63 right out of the gate, one revolution away from a 62. Oh. Love to have that stroke back <laughs> this afternoon, wouldn't he? He, but uh, no, it was. It added to the drama. It added to, um, I guess, just the the significance. Some, somehow it felt like you were watching, in some ways, this, this like, when you have a clash of veterans like this, where you feel like, I got to enjoy this because this is probably not, not going to It's not going it to line up this way again. You know, if it was Rory versus Jordan, as it was at the Masters, you know, on Saturday, that was cool. That was exciting. But there was no sense of, hey, we need to really appreciate this right now. You know, um, This day had that moment. And the way these guys, as the, the day went on, they just kept going lower and lower and distancing themselves from everybody else. Um, can't say it enough. It, it really was something special. <laughs> I, you just brought me back to the idea that these guys were already clearing the field throughout the entire week. And then they took another step further. It wasn't just that... They won by the six-stroke lead that they already had going into this round. Even part of day would have been fine. Oh my god! But it still would have been an epic. They pushed it to like the sixth gear, the next level, which is not something you see from a forty-year-old, much less a forty-six-year-old. 
But let's get back to Stenson uh, real briefly if we have to. He now has his major. He followed Dustin Johnson and Danny Willett as first-time major winners this year. Even Jason Day, if you go back to the PGA yeah, of, of right. last year, the last four major champions have all been first-time major winners. So he jumps off from the top of the leaderboard, so to say, of best players without a major. Who's on? Is it Sergio now? Is he the no, best? No, I think it's Ricky. Ooh, I, I think it's okay, Ricky. Okay. Yeah, I think he's due... I think uh, he's not having. He would be the highest having, ranked player, to, so to say. Fowler, Ricky, Ricky yeah. Ricky. It just it feels like you know he's for a while for a time there was in this class. We debated him as the the next to be the to be the big four. He was going to be the fourth. He top fived in all of the majors in 2014. And he said, "Well, this is certainly this is going to happen. It just has to." And, and not only will it happen, but he top five in all four majors. His game clearly travel. Um, I, I, I think I would say it's him before Sergio, although Garcia is having yeah, a, he's I'm having a sneaky good year. I'm going to argue with you. You can that. make, you make the case just because, I, but go uh, ahead and argue with me. I, I will. I mean, I guess, uh, I'm looking at it from, uh, the scale of the lens of a career accomplishments and, and Ricky has had plenty of accomplishments thus far, but, uh, he hasn't even won on tour this year. Sergio did. And he has, he plays fewer starts and he plays a lot over in Europe. Career accomplishments wise, they're they're not gonna be that much different, but but Sergio is older now. You know, the monkey is still and might always be on his back, but the older and older you get, the more the discussion revolves around you. And I think I think the more that these guys are dropping, like Dustin Johnson and Stenson, that the more we focus or refocus. Yeah. We more focus on those guys. Yeah, that's true. There's there's fewer places for them to hide now and especially less company on that list especially when you play well i think that gets magnified a little bit the the better you play and come up short that's why everyone will always remember phil mickelson at the u.s open the great the greatness he's displayed at that event only to always come up short the the way that sergio strikes the ball and is in his own right a top 10 player in the world only to come up short of the major uh chase that's what I think draws more attention to you as the top guy to not have won a major. Do you think Sergio Burns to win a major? You know, Shipnuck, Alan Shipnuck tweeted about it today, uh, bringing back his comments from Augusta a few years ago, where he he says, "I don't know if I have it. I don't know. I don't know if I have what it right. takes." And if if you if you spend some time with Sergio, you kind of get that feeling, like yeah. he. he as, uh, as much as golf is his life, his profession, and has been everything for him for a long time, and it will be for a longer time to come, you don't get the feeling like he's desperate. You don't get the feeling like he's doing anything more than just trying to compete. Yeah. Uh, I, I come back to those comments from his, his master as well. Who says that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing to say into an open microphone you know, an unguarded moment. If that's really how you feel, uh, it's surprising. And, yeah. and it, that those comments have hung over Sergio's head for a while. They resurface from time to time when he gets in contention at these things. But I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, I like Sergio. I would love to see Sergio win a major, but I just don't know if he, I don't know if he burns enough to, to really break through it's, it's it's a lot of scar tissue now it's going to take something extra from hit for him to break through than even say a fowler who's come close a few times but fowler's not on the anybody's list of you know major championship meltdowns he hasn't really yeah. come close even though he's got the top fives 
there isn't a major that Ricky Fowler should have lost. Won, yeah. You know, but, but Sergio has a couple of those and he, you know, he's popped up other times and, um, he's got years, years of this, you know, <laughs> but years and years and years of this building up. Uh, it's going to be tough for him. I'd love to see him do it, but yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be very tough for Sergio to get himself off that list. We'll see if it happens. The way this year's been going, though, if you had to bet on it, you'd probably throw your name in the hat with it's Sergio. It's time for Sergio at Baltistral. Let's, Baltistral. let's do it. Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, it's Ball Strikers course, you know. That Certainly. Could, you got to stay game. in the fairway there. Uh, it, it'll be a fun major. And you know what's interesting about it, Jeff? It is basically PGA Championship week is seven days away. We're here. In, I'm ready to think we're about here it. in Scotland. <laughs> we're absolutely exhausted. It's Sunday night. I, at least I know I'm exhausted. We've been talking about how uh, taxing this week has been for both of us, and as many majors can go. And here we are, PGA Championship week. Uh, thankfully, it's next door in New Jersey. Thankfully, we have Indian food on the table next to us that we've politely, for our for our viewers, we've decided not to actually eat it while podcasting yeah. to avoid the <laughs> chewing sounds. But uh, I am I am looking forward to a little bit of a, as much of a break as we can before the PGA, and I'm looking forward to this meal uh, coming up here shortly. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of takeaway. The they I'm, call it here in Scotland. Not take out. Take away. Unfortunately, it's been sitting uh, only about 12 feet away from us. So oh, not only are we trying so to, uh, we're trying to exhaust our, 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 all of our senses except for smell while we're sitting in the same room as uh, Indian food. So either way, we'll get to that and we'll get out of your ears. Thanks to Jeff for joining me. Thanks to you for listening. Until next time and until the PGA Championship, I'm your host, Sean Zock.